to this is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. My name is Doug Parker, and you're listening to Cruise Radio Rewind. Stuart Sheeran, cruise industry analyst, is going to be on here in just a couple of moments. Not too long of a show this weekend, just to kind of catch up on what's going on. And one other thing, if it's all right with you, I always want to ask your permission first. Um, I think we're going to proceed forward and move ahead with the regular show doing cruise ship reviews every week come Thursday. So the next episode of Cruise Radio will be a ship review. And we'll keep moving forward uh, until we fight this thing. You know, we've been talking a lot about COVID-19, coronavirus, and all everything. And not that it's not important, but I also think it's important that we keep the positivity moving forward. So we're going to do that as well. Of course, if you do want to stay on top of the cruise news 24-7, there's our website, cruiseradio.net, constantly pumping out articles there. Also, the cruise radio news feed, it's opposite of this one. All you have to do is type in cruise radio news where you listen to your favorite podcast or if you have an amazon alexa all you have to do is tell alexa to enable the cruise radio news flash briefing and it's usually updated every morning between 5 and 9 a.m depending on whenever i get to it all right Stuart sheer on the cruise guy is here hey Stuart. hey doug so a lot to catch up on it was announced earlier this week that cruise ships could be used as floating hospitals place soundbite number one one of the things that happened this morning, I spoke with Mickey Arison of Carnival Cruise Lines, and he is going to make ships available. So in addition to the big medical ships that you have coming, if we should need ships with lots of rooms, uh, they'll be docked at New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco, different places. So I want to thank Mickey Arison. That's Carnival Cruise Lines. Stuart, I think it's important to clarify that this would be used for less threatening and non-COVID-19 patients. Yes. That is correct, and uh, there's a possibility. I mean, they're more than likely going to be some of the older ships as well or ships that are really not even in service anymore that would you know, be the most uh, useful and, and beneficial for, for everyone concerned. Any way you look at it, you know, if you put non-COVID-19 patients on it, or if you do, I mean, these ships are going to have a stigma to them that they were associated with coronavirus. I mean, it's kind of like in 2013 with Carnival Triumph, and it got named the Poop Cruise. That's still living seven years later, and no one wants to, you know, associate a cruise with coronavirus. So it's like, okay, use the older ships if it comes to that, and we'll just get rid of them. Just in general, there are other ships that Carnival Corp has that may not be in service right now uh, or, or ships that they're, you know, maybe, you know, have for sale. I mean, they're not going to use new ships. If they had uh, ships for sale, we wouldn't know about it, would we? Not really. No. Okay. But uh, there, are, there are ships that are pulled out of service over time and they're, they're up for sale and uh, they're used by some of the foreign port, uh, more, some of the foreign cruise lines. And there's, there's, listen, they've, they've got a lot of ships that, uh, they, they, that are, you know, could be possibly used for um, first responders, you know, for people to use the ships uh, that are out there uh, helping the the public. I mean, there's there's you know we're, we're, we have, there's so much more to go, and as we learn more about the the illness, um, you know, we're we're now finding that uh, you, know, you know, like in New York, they're saying over fifty percent of all of their cases are people between eighteen and forty nine, which contradicts a lot of what other um, medical experts have, have been saying. So as more data comes in, they'll be able to determine what the best use of the ships and the locations for them. New York, L.A., San Diego, I'm sorry, San Francisco, Seattle. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, in the weeks to come. 
Yeah. And the government has used cruise ships in the past, though, for different types of relief. Correct. Um, I think most recently it was uh, it was after Hurricane Katrina when a few of the carnival ships were used uh, for housing uh, in New Orleans. I also want to talk about travel industry bailouts, hotels, airlines, cruise lines. Should cruise lines be included in this since they are foreign flagged? I mean, there are two arguments here, right? Get help from the country that you're flagged under because of the whole not paying tax thing. Or the uh, the cruise industry is responsible for billions of dollars in revenue, and it has a ripple effect. It does, Doug. In fact, uh, you know when you think of the tens of thousands of American employees that let, let's say are shoreside that are dealing in the office, outside the office, but then you're you're dealing with you know millions of people that are involved in this industry, not just cruise line companies, but the the companies that support them, the travel agents. The, the companies that handle, you know, dockings at the ports or, you know, people that do provisions and provide various services. I mean, this is a gargantuan industry. Many of us have got to know a handful of people who are involved in the cruise industry one way or another. And this is, this is far from, you know, foreign, whether they're, they're based in Europe or they're based here in the U.S. This is an industry that the United States is the, by far the, the biggest consumer of, of cruises in the world by far. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very dependent on, on it in, in many ways. So, uh, but I don't think the cruise industry has actually, uh, asked for a handout. The industry just wants to get going again and be able to resume providing these incredible vacations that they have been. I mean, remember cruising of, of all the, all of the vacation options, it has the, the highest satisfaction rate uh, out of all of them, and has the highest safety uh, rate. Listen, it's not for everybody, and we, you know, hear all these, you know, these pundits who may have negative feelings toward the industry, and that's fine. They've obviously never been on a cruise, and and listen, it's it's not for everybody. But the people that do go on cruises, they do enjoy it, and it's it's very very important to the overall U.S. economy um, in 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 a myriad of ways. Earlier today, I was reading the CLIA 2018 economic impact study, and it said over $52 billion was attributed to the cruise industry. Yeah, and then also keep in mind that, you know, you're dealing with, you know, U.S. employees that, uh, you know, they get benefits and, and, the, and the lines are paying, to, you know, the taxes on it. It's, it's a vital industry to, to the continued growth of, of the United States, and it's very important for us to, uh, to, you know, again, try to get back, you know, back to work as soon as possible. Why do you think it is that when it comes to cruise lines stepping up, it's mostly carnival cruise ships. I mean, back in 05, when FEMA got the ecstasy sensation and the holiday, you never really hear about Norwegian or Royal Caribbean, you know, stepping up with their cruise ships. Why is that? Well, I, I think the, the carnival ships were more suited for what needed to be done. Carnival had, at the time, certainly had more ships, but there was you, you don't need a 5,000-passenger ship. They needed the fantasy class, which were 2,000-passenger ships each, were, were really the, the perfect size that, that one, you know, fit in, fit in the area. There was plenty of ways to service the ships, but some of the bigger ships would have been uh, too much. And, uh, and it's kind of like these, were, these, these ships were just the right size and, and the right cost. Mm-hmm. The other, the Royal Caribbean ships may have cost significantly more. So it's a bidding thing. Correct. Okay. But uh, these, these other ships were perfectly suited. Getting out of this rut where production around the world has pretty much stopped, how could this impact future launches? We're seeing delays of uh, Virgin Voyages, uh, their, their first 
cruise ship was supposed to be, um, you know, getting ready for service. Pre-inaugurals were supposed to have uh, been underway. The ship would have been uh, christened at this point, and it's been delayed till July now. Uh, Ritz-Carlton was supposed to be out in uh, early 2020 uh, in February. It was delayed because of shipyard uh, issues and, and cost overruns, so then it was delayed till I think it was June or July, and because of uh, coronavirus and, it, well, but more importantly, it was really more uh, ship issues uh, with the shipyard and uh, taking control of the shipyard that uh, now they're talking uh, it won't be, uh, it won't debut until 2021. But uh, then, you know, we have Refurb, Royal Caribbean's already talking about pulling back on a couple of um, of their refurbishment of several ships. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just it's just not the right time. I mean, you know, the money that would have been used to to work on on those ships they need for operations. So right now they, they need to get a lot of these ships. They need to get them back and uh, you know back in the ocean and and back in operation to you know be able to uh, shore up their their financial positions, but uh, but also to to get people and and their vacations underway. Well, looking at Carnival Corporation's SEC filings from the past week, something caught my eye here. It says the corporation believes that the effects of COVID-19 on the shipyards where its ships are under construction will result in a delay in ship deliveries. And we've already seen that announced uh, on Friday night with Carnival Radiance. That's a very uh, good uh, concern. You know, Celebrity Cruises, uh, brand new Celebrity Apex, which uh, is essentially done. Uh, was you know we were it was supposed to have been delivered, and or actually it it uh, and and it were delivered and uh, and and you know the the pre-inaugural sailings were supposed to be taking place and the naming ceremony is going to be delayed uh, more than likely until it gets it to uh, Fort Lauderdale. Doug, there's you know the the bigger picture is is really looking at what will happen with uh, the you know decisions by the cruise lines over the next few weeks about whether whether and what they're going to be deploying. As scheduled, meaning mm-hmm. are, are you know are all these ships a lot of the ships that were scheduled to go to Europe, whether they're supposed to go to the Baltic region, the Mediterranean, are they going to be heading out there? What about the ships that are supposed to be going to Alaska? You, know, you have Canada that has said that they uh, they're they're uh, restricting um, port visits, um, and uh, you know no ships should be sched- you know could be scheduled uh, until uh, the beginning of July which means that uh, there's a good chance that half the Alaska season could be canceled. Hopefully there's there's some other things that are being in the works that could help rescue the the Alaska season, but you know there's a lot of very interesting decisions that will take place over the next week or two that could determine what is going to happen with uh, ship deployments over the next few months. I want to speak specifically about the travel agent community right now. Um, Mickey Arison, he's the chairman of Carnival Corporation. His father, Ted Arison, actually started Carnival Cruise Line back in 1972. This is what he recently said. Play number two. I've been in this almost 50 years, and I started. um, One of my early jobs was calling on travel agents in, uh, in the state of Florida, so I I do have a great appreciation, not just for uh, for them and their support, but how difficult their job is. Yeah. This is a time when we refer to travel agents as our partners, where we really have to be partners. And it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time for us. It's a difficult time for them. Hopefully, we'll all get through it. And uh, at the other end, uh, this this too will pass, and we can start to rebuild the business the way uh, the way it was before. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. But working together, I'm very confident that 
that we'll continue to deliver great vacations to millions of people. My question to you, Stuart, how important of a role will travel agents play in helping the cruise industry resume operations again? Well, it's going to be a tremendous uh, Herculean effort for the cruise lines, and the travel agents are, are going to play a very significant role in, you know, one, helping uh, fill the ships, uh, you know, conveying the, you know, uh, you know, being able to inspire people, being able to explain, uh, you know, what, what is going on with the industry, the new, there, there will certainly be some new, you know, regulations that, are, that'll, that'll, that will be in place, but also to show uh, that, you know, the, the confidence in the industry. And the, the, the travel agents will play a very important role in ensuring that, that potential passengers, current passengers, are confident that, again, these the ships are safe. I, I could tell you that if, if, they were, if, if the ships were allowed to sail tomorrow, um, the, the, you know, the ships would be you know, pretty heavily filled. Of course, the biggest concern is, well, what's going to happen with you know, people that are concerned about getting quarantined? And those are issues that they have that I know that they're working hard on that uh, will will be dealt with. So we don't see the the uh, disruptions that we've seen you know, over the past uh, the past few weeks. But the travel agents are going to play a very important role in encouraging new bookings, helping, you know, you know, reassuring people that, uh, you know, that, hey, it, it is a great time to go. And as soon as they say that the ships are ready to go, you're going to see a huge amount of people that are just going to be very, you know, strongly desiring to to take a cruise once they know it's okay to go. Um, there's a tremendous amount of pent up demand, and the cruise lines are going to be heavily depending on the travel agents to, you know, letting people know. There's a lot of people that have had their reservations that were canceled, and the travel agents are going to play a very important role in getting those people rebooked on new ships and sailings so that they could take advantage of of the credits. But then you also have the new passengers and, and new bookings um, that on, on the ships that will be sailing. And I think there's going to be a lot of new itineraries, uh, ships that were never planning to be, let's say, in the Caribbean, that are starting from scratch, that the travel agents are going to have to take bookings to get those ships filled uh, and filled quickly. We were talking about this last episode. So cruise lines are either offering a full refund or future cruise credit and onboard credit. I said, hey, depending on your financial situation, you do what's best for you. But would it, you know, if you can afford it, it might be smart to take that future cruise credit because we could see prices drop as the cruise industry kicks back up again? I think we're going to see some good deals, but it's certainly not going to be reminiscent of what was being offered after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, people were concerned for their safety back then. People weren't traveling, you know, outside of their homes, let alone, you know, get, you know, going outside the country. And that's when we saw a lot more ships being used and being berthed around when we called, you know, it was a major home porting uh, blitz that was being done by the cruise lines. There will be some good deals, but uh, they're not going to be what, uh, you know, reminiscent of, of what it was back then. It's not, you know, the cruise lines aren't going to be desperate Right, um, but uh, there, and there's going to be some good opportunities for people to take advantage. But those credits, I mean, Doug, you know, when you're talking about, look, I can get 100 percent of my money back, or I can I can get a 25 percent increase on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what what kind of a savings plan can you get 25 percent uh, increase on your money? I mean, so here you've got 125 percent, and you can go on, and you're not being restricted as to which ship and sailing you may have been on a three or four night cruise, but you can use that credit 
to be applied toward a seven night cruise or yeah. even longer. And it could also be instead of going to you know the Bahamas, it could be as, you know to a long Caribbean, a longer Caribbean sailing on on a much nicer ship. And you'll have a big, a, a nice big credit to to apply toward uh, that different sailing, which I think is going to be very beneficial. I think a lot of people are going to be very happy. I think the the cruise line look at, at the beginning. Some people may have thought it was difficult. Look, none of us knew what was going to happen. Yeah. In a, in a million years, you couldn't have predicted that in two weeks or in three weeks we would be where we are mm-hmm. right now. And so it was an evolving situation. And I think at the end of the day, I think the cruise lines collectively stepped up. They they protected the passengers. They protected the travel agents um, at great cost to to themselves, their, their shareholders. They did what was right. And I think that a lot of people are going to you know take notice of that, and they're going to look forward to taking you know taking that uh, that that vacation that uh, we all could desperately use right now. I want to close with something a little less serious. Well, serious to me, but not for everyone else. Um, I've been watching these cruise ships come in and out of Jacksonville all week long. Norwegian Pearl, Norwegian Sky, Carnival Ecstasy. They've cleared the bridges, no problem. When are we going to get more cruise ships here in Jacksonville? Well, Doug, unfortunately, I don't think they will because Jacksonville is at a disadvantage because in seven nights, you can't get into the Caribbean and do a a Caribbean itinerary. Carnival tried to do it with Carnival Miracle, you know, many years ago. And if you remember, I think they had six or seven sailings. And after two attempts, uh, the demand was, was, was too low. And so they wound up canceling the other four itineraries. Port Canaveral is essentially as far north as the cruise lines can go to get a quality Seven night Caribbean cruise. I, I don't. I don't foresee it changing when you know you're you're looking at three, you know, four and five night sailings uh, out of a port. Uh, I don't think there's there's strong enough demand. And then you know you're also dealing with Charleston. You know, competing with Charleston for a cruise. But again, they they too have one ship. Uh, other cruise lines had been there. Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, and others. It just didn't work out for them. It does work for Carnival, which is is which is why they're there. But uh, I, I don't foresee any other ships uh, any time soon coming into Jacksonville simply because it's just geographically not, not well positioned to be a, a cruise port with, with multiple ships. Well, that is not the answer I wanted to hear. But <laughs> we've been talking with cruise industry analyst Stuart Chiron. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, buddy. Hey, Doug. My pleasure. And thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Take care. During these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, vendors, and port employees, we offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.